church? You're hearing me? Do you hear me? Yes, all right. Hey, I'm so glad to be with you today. Uh, I want to say a big thank you for partnering with us in Montreal. You make such a difference, and uh, you were generous toward us last year. And uh, last Christmas, with your help, we did something we never did before. It was a blast. We had a Christmas outreach, but was so big, was the biggest show in town. Uh, we ran to the Big Theater, and we had 3,800 people came, and a thousand close, a, a thousand unchurched people. Can you imagine that? This is what you did in Montreal last year. And with your support this year, we will plant a church. Uh, we are planning with those guys, Pastor Josias and his family, we're going to send them two hours away to the city of Ottawa, and we're going to plant a church with them. It's going to be our fourth church plant in six years. So maybe it's not a big deal here in the Bible Belt, but I'm telling you, in Montreal, to plant four church in six years, this is totally unprecedented, and this is what you're going to help us to do. So can you give me a favor, and uh, can you... Clap for you for planning a church in Ottawa this year. Come on, church, clap for yourself. Come on. I want to thank you, uh, Pastor Trevor and Allison, for having me this week uh, and for their support and love. You make so much a difference, not only in our church, but in, in our lives, in, in my uh, marriage, in my family. So I want to say a big, big, big Thank you. They are the real deal. They are extremely, extremely competent in what they're doing. Uh, faithful, generous like people. I don't know generous people like that. Can you clap for your pastors and show them some love today? Come on, church. You can do better than that. Come on. Today, I want to talk about the heart. When scriptures talk about the heart, it's not the physical organ, but it's the center, the core, the essence of the human being. Your emotions, desires, will, and thoughts are different aspects of your heart. There's about 900 scriptures about the heart, and we're going to look at some of them this morning. First slide, 1 Samuel 16. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It is true, we all tend to look at the external, how people look, how their hairs are cut, how much weight they have, what kind of drive, of car they drive. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't be impressed by the appearance. I don't choose a king based on the external. I choose a king based on the heart. Have you ever seen a gorgeous, beautiful gal married with an average guy? You say, yes, pastor, we have one of those in front of us right now. Amen. <laughs> but <laughs> you have seen that before. You know, average. And, and average is a polite word because, in fact, the guy had the face of a Teletubbies. And you're like, what? Why? She's with him. 
<laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of those couples here uh, this morning. Uh, <laughs> why? But maybe she sees something deeper. Maybe she sees the heart. None of David's brothers had a heart like him. None of Joseph's brothers had a heart like him. Joseph had the kind of heart that can be sell as a slave, throw in prison without rebelling against God. Joseph has the, had the kind of heart that can forgive the worst offenses. Joseph had the kind of heart that when his boss's wife tried to sleep with him, he said, how could I do this great evil and sin against God? Joseph had the kind of heart that can become rich without forgetting God. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Next slide. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Have you ever had a broken heart? When your heart is broken, life loses its colors. You don't want to see anybody. You don't want to do anything, make projects, dreams. You just don't want to eat your favorite meal. And when our hearts are broken, the tendency of the people around us is to try to fix it. But it's not working. And in those moments, the enemy comes and whispers to us, God don't care about you. Because if God would care, he would not let this happen to you. I think many people are asking these questions this morning. God, do you care? Really? Do you really care that it hurts? That I'm alone? That I was betrayed? That I suffered? Let me tell you people, based on the authority of scriptures, based on the words of God, there is nobody that cares like God. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Nobody cares like God cares. And if you have a broken heart today, put your heart in the hands of Jesus. He can heal your heart. He's not a man. He is not limited. What man can do, he can do it. If you have experienced that in the past, you know that it's true. You know that he is the healer of the hearts. And I know there are some discouraged people here this morning that needs to believe that. Or believe that again. So if you had this moment where you were broken and the Lord restored your heart, can you say amen and clap for somebody to need to hear this this morning? Can you clap if you believe that? God heals the heart. Next slide, Proverbs 4. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. There's so much in this little verse. Above all else, you need to take care of your heart, my friend. Above all else, more than your wallet, more than your look, more than your reputation, your career, or your ministry, even more than your marriage, you need to, above all else, guard your heart. 
You see, it is your responsibility to guard your heart. It is not your wife's responsibility, your husband, your small group leader, your pastor's responsibility. It is not even God's responsibility to guard your heart. It is yours. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The author used a metaphor to explain the importance of having a healthy heart. He says this, your heart is like a river and your heart is the so your life is like a river and your heart is the source of that river and everything comes out of your life is from the heart. All the facets of your life, what you say, think, do, aspires, desires, come from your heart. So if your heart is contaminated, all your life will be contaminated. And some of you, you let your heart drift slowly. You let enter things you shouldn't. And now, when you look at your life, you're you're acting in a way that is totally opposite to your values. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you see somebody you don't even know. And you said, how this happened to me? You didn't guard your heart. Next slide, Matthew 12. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. At home, uh, I have a garage. I know a garage door is not just one big piece, it's five or six horizontal uh, pieces that are, uh, uh, I don't know the word, together, one another. And one day, I was outside and I wanted to close my garage door, but be, uh, I had this brilliant idea, I didn't take the handle to close it, I put my, I was distracted, and I put my hands between two, two sections and I just closed the whole thing and, and, and somebody talked to me and I said, yes! And I didn't feel anything for two seconds. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, why am I feeling anything? And a second later, words that begin with an S and other letters that were invented by the devil himself begin to spread out of my mouth and my wife said whoa what's that i said whoa i don't know she said whoa where that come from i said i don't know but you know what jesus said i know <laughs> this is from your heart have you ever said something ugly unholy bad it was like and it just came like and people around you got embarrassed because of what you said. And you tried to justify yourself and you just said, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. But you know what, Jesus comes and he said, no, this is exactly what you meant. You just had no filter, but this is exactly what you wanted to say. From what the heart is full of, the mouth speaks. Next slide. Jesus said, what comes out of a person, it was, it was defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, the evil thoughts come, 
Sexual immorality, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. Jesus basically said this, all sins, all actions, all thoughts are coming out of the heart. In other words, the heart determines the behavior. When we see somebody who drink too much, we tend to say he had a drinking problem. Jesus said, no, this is a heart problem. When somebody gossip, we tend to say, oh, uh, he have a, a thumb problem. Jesus said, said, no, this is a heart problem. When somebody commit adultery, we tend to say, oh, he have a faithfulness problem. But Jesus said, no, this is a heart problem too. So my question for us this morning is this. How's your heart? How's your heart? My dad used to have heart problems. And it was peculiar because he didn't know it. He was short of breath. So we thought he had uh, breathing problems. He, he had a hard time to digest. So we thought he had digestion problems. He had pain in, it, in his arm. So we thought he had joint problems. But all those were symptoms of a sick heart. And if in the physical world, it's sometimes difficult to identify heart problems, let me tell you, it is the same thing in the spiritual. So sometimes we need to do a heart diagnostic. We're going to do this quickly this morning. We're going to do a heart diagnostic, and we're going to look at some enemies of our hearts. And there's a good book by Andy Stanley that I recommend to you uh, that talks about it deeper. Uh, five enemies of the heart. First one, pride, ego. Four times the scriptures, God said this, the Bible said this, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There's nothing like your proud, pride, our ego to grip our hearts. Pride always wants to have the last word. Pride say, nobody will tell me what to do. Pride is never wrong. Pride always wants to be first. Pride is an enemy of the heart. Second one, greed. Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be. Is it true we can get really crazy by watching home Renovation TV shows. <laughs> you guys invited that thing, and, and now the whole world is contaminated with those shows. We watch this 24-7 and dreaming about a better house, a more beautiful house, a better kitchen. We get crazy with Pinterest. We look at those things, those, oh, look at this kitchen, my, this is my dream kitchen. And you, we look at those things, and it is, it is true that Slowly, our hearts can be gripped by that, and there's no sin in it if it's not before God. But sometimes, our hearts are gripped by things of this world, and God has the second place. But you know what? The problem with greed is this. Nobody thinks he's greedy. 
I never had a single person that came to me and said, I have a problem with greed, pastor. Nobody. But if you want to know if you're greedy, ask you this question. Do you tie? It's a good diagnostic to know if you're greedy or not. Because I met many believers that, were, that had a heart for God when they were poor. When their tithe was 20 bucks a week, oh, they were fired up for God. But when God blessed them more, and when their tithe was supposed to be 200 a week, they said, oh, I can't give that. This is just too much. Greed is an enemy. Third, bitterness. Somebody said something to you. Somebody did something to you, and it hurts. And bitterness is like a cancer that's eating your soul. Let me tell you, in 15 years of pastoral ministry, I never met one believer who was bitter and I was close to God. Never. I never met a Christian who was bitter and I was happy. I met a lot of them who pretended to be happy who tried to be happy, but bitterness will steal your heart. Fourth, jealousy. Jealous of her husband, jealous of her body, jealous of her look, jealous of her money, jealous of his house, jealous of his car, jealous of his ministry, jealous of his wife. We compare ourselves with others. We feel in competition with one another. And let, let be honest, sometimes when somebody that we feel in competition with have a small problem, not a big one, not a big problem, just a small problem. There is something inside of us that says, yes. You don't? You do. You do, believe me. Not a big problem. We're Christians. Not a big fail. We're Christians. But just a small thing. And we feel competition with some people and something inside of us said, yes. And we're so good to hiding this thing. Externally, we said, oh, this is terrible. Externally, we said, this is terrible. I'm going to pray for this person. But internally, there's a little, yes, jealousy is an enemy of the heart. Next one, hope different. Next slide. Proverbs 13 says, hope different make the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Don't miss me on that. Because I really do think that a big part of our unhappiness in life is because of hope different. You conceived life in a way and didn't happen that way. You had career plans. You dreamed about it. And you thought at your age you would be here and you are there. You had plans for your marriage. I'm going to be married at 25, at 30, at 35, at 40. And things didn't happen the way you thought. Oh, you prayed for a child. 
You fast to get pregnant and you lost the child. Or you thought that this relationship would be for life. And the person betrayed you. The person forsake you, abandoned you. Mo so many people are sick because of hope different. Heart problems. But let me give you good news this morning. And it's a really good news. Ezekiel 36. God said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. This is the good news, my friend. This is the fantastic, gigantic news for all the heart broken, for all the sick hearts, for all the sad hearts, the sinful hearts, I'm telling you this morning, God is the specialist in heart transplant. God can your per open your chest and put in it a new heart. He can heal what is broken in you. He can give you hope if you are in despair. He can free you from all your addictions. He can make you new. I don't know who I'm preaching for this morning, but let me tell you, God is the healer of the heart. Can I get a witness in the house of the Lord this morning? Can we clap for Jesus? For me, the heart transplant happened at 15 years old. I used to hate church. I used to hate church people and more than anything else, I used to hate prayer. But at age 15, God gave me a new heart. I was totally, completely changed. I began to love church. I began to love church people. And I began to love prayer. I began to attend prayer meetings where there was only 30 grandmas in those prayer meetings. I was the only young people. Can you imagine that? Those grandmas were so happy to having me. They were like, oh, David, this is awesome you're here. They were laying hands on me every week. I was like, yeah, more, Lord, more, Lord. They was praying, oh Lord, bring more young people to the prayer meeting. They were loving me. I was changed. How do you explain that? I used to go to church to meet girls and suddenly I went to church to meet God. How do you explain that in a 15-year-old kid? I was renewed. I was regenerated. God gave me a new heart. He's the one that did it. And God can change your heart. Today, my friend. God gives new hearts. But here's the thing. You need to give access to God. God will not violate your own will. Your will is so powerful. God gave it to you. And he will not go through it. Over it. So you need to give access to God. And how do you do that? The Bible says by faith. But what proves faith? Obedience. That's why the Apostle Paul talked about the obedience of the faith. So how can I give access to God to change my prideful heart? By my obedience in service. 
serve in the shade, serve the humble, serve uh, the, the less of the people, the, those who anybody want to serve, serve them. You say, but I can't serve. Pastor David, I am prideful. It is your job to serve. It is God's job to change your heart. How can I give access to God to change my greedy heart? By my obedience to be generous. But you said, I can be generous. <laughs> I am greedy. Let me tell you, write a big old check to the Creek Church. It is your job to be generous. It is God's job to change your heart. How will I give access to God to change my bitter heart? By my obedience to forgive. Forgive even if you don't want to. Forgive if, even if you don't feel it. Even if it's painful, it is your job to choose to forgive. It is God's job to change your heart. How can I give access to God to change my jealous heart? By my obedience to celebrate people. So you say, but I can't celebrate. I'm jealous. This person really gets on my nerve. I know. This person probably gets on everybody's nerves. <laughs> But <laughs> you need to celebrate those that you are jealous of. You're jealous of his car? Ask him for a ride. <laughs> You're jealous of her looks? Tell her she looks great. Amen. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I celebrated people that was, I was not happy for them. You say, oh, you're a big hypocrite, Pastor David. No, I'm not. Sometimes yes, but not this time. Oh, here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Because if you celebrate to look good in front of people, this is hypocrisy. But if you celebrate to give access to God to change your heart. If you celebrate because you know that is something dirty here inside and you say, God, I want to rejoice for this person. I don't want to be envious or jealous of this person. So I will celebrate them. This is the only thing God needs to change your heart. This gives access to God, and we Christians need to learn that, amen? The church should be the place where you're celebrated the most, amen? We should be great at celebrate others. We should not be jealous of others. Christians are not good at it. Pastors are not good at it, but we need to learn that. Finally, how can I give access to God to change my heart full of hope different? And don't miss me on that because I know many of you here are at this point in your life. How can I give access to God to change my heart full of hope different? Listen to this. By my obedience to be thankful for the things I have now. I know it didn't happen the way you thought. I know it didn't happen the way you prayed for. I know you had seasons and moments when, God, 
why you're not answering my prayers why my dreams cannot come to pass God why and some of you here are sick some of you you are sick of a heart full of hope different delayed hopes but here's how you can let God help you being thankful for what you have now this is not the husband I dream for be thankful for the husband you have now this is not the job I was dreaming for I never thought my kids would forsake me like that after all I did for them. I never thought my wife would leave. I, I never thought my, my boss would do that to me. I served this company for years. I gave my life for this company. And I ever expected that end to be fired like that. I know things are not happened the way you expected. But if you don't learn to be thankful for what you have now, hope different will grip your heart in such a way it will bring you down. It, will, it can bring you down to depression. I'm telling you, this, this thing can bring you down to a hell in this life. It can make your life miserable. We cannot control this. We are not in charge. And I know sometimes it's hard. And some of us have had life easier than others. And, and when you compare your life with other people, you're saying, but I lost so much things in my life. When I look at my friends, people around me, I, I don't want to complain, but Somebody needs to hear that. I'm, I'm feeling this. I feel this. If you don't learn to be thankful for what you have, you will never get out of this. But if you do, if you just say, God, thank you for what I have. And some of you, you, you lost so much that you, you have a hard time to find something to be thankful for let me tell you you the enemy blinded you you have so much things to be thankful for you're still breathing you're still a child of God you still have a church a spiritual family pastor who cares about you you still have hope in God 
you still have a future in God. Maybe you lost a big house, but you're not homeless. Maybe you're homeless, but God put some people around you to take care of you. There's always something to be thankful to God. Don't let, don't let hope different steal your heart. So my conclusion is this. How's your heart? How's your heart this morning? In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we tend to think about this verse as something in the afterlife. They shall see God one day. Let me tell you, this is primarily, primarily here. There are some people that are pure in heart that see God here in the now. The word pure in Greek is the word catharsis. And we came in English with the word, the word catheter, the, the instrument the, uh, the doctor used to remove what is hard in the arteries of the heart. Let me suggest to you, my friend, this morning that somebody who has a pure heart, it's somebody who learned daily to flush some things. Pride. Why they did that to me? I deserve better than that. Flush. Why they ignored me? Flush. Jealousy? Flush. Greed? Flush. Hurts? Flush. Things people said about you? Flush. Ego? Flush. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And listen to people, you will find them. There are some people that will not see God one day. There are some people that see God right now. They see it in everything. They see it in a flower, in a great meal. They see it in relationships. They, they see God in a church service. What other people saying, where is God? They see God here I I'm I want to see God one day but I'm not there I'm here right now and what I need the most is to see God here but those who have a pure heart see God so God help us to flush daily instantly don't go to bed angry, flush things by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, flush all those stuff. Don't stuff them, flush them.
I think the Spirit of God is here, and we will close with this. Can we just stand up? And uh, I will ask you to, with me, just raise your hand a bit, because open our hands help to open the heart. So open your hands. Lift your hands to God as a sign of openness, and it's going to help you open your real heart. And after we did that, can we just put our hands on our hearts? Put your hands on our, your heart with me. How's your heart? How's your heart? Are you mad at someone? In Jesus' name, flush. Bitter, flush. Somebody broke a promise. Flush. Have a secret sin. Addiction. Watching porn. Substance abuse. Alcohol abuse. Perversion. Sexual immorality. Flush. Different hope. Hope different. Flush. Lord, we will not keep anything because we want to see you, God. I pray right now, Jesus, that you will come with your spirit and open every chest and do a surgery in every heart and give them hope and give them life renew them strengthen them we believe in you you're the great healer of the heart in Jesus name Amen